You're listening to the TV Editor's Hour on Entertainment Weekly Radio, Sirius XM 105. I am Henry Goldblatt, and I am thrilled to have Robert King here with me, um, who, along with his wife, Michelle, is the executive producer of The Good Wife. Robert, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Henry. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, first off, I think congratulations are in order. Um, Usually by the time a TV show hits its fifth season, its best days are behind it. But this Hmm. year, um, critics and fans alike have been praising your show like crazy this season, um, saying that you're producing some of the best episodes ever. And I think much of the praise is centered around the civil war that you set up between um, Christine Baranski and Josh Charles's character at Lockhart Gardner uh, versus Juliana Margulies and Matt Zuki's characters at Floric Agos, the, their new startup firm. And I was wondering, um, when did you have this idea that to develop this plot line that this would all go down this way? We had a very good episode in the fourth year, um, which was called Red Team, Blue Team, which was actually what we call a bottle show. It was an attempt to save some money by not having a lot of extraneous, extraneous cast and to try to keep it on our sets. And what it was is a mock trial that put, pit it, the teams against each other, Carrie and Alicia against their bosses. And it was very, very successful, obviously, because... They knew each other's strategies, and they could get to each other emotionally. Mm -hmm. And that started us down the route of we've always had this progress for Alicia of moving from dependence to independence. Um, And it felt like a really smart move on this route to use Carrie, who wanted out from under this Lockhart Gardner uh, large firm anyway and start his own, to kind of pull Alicia away. And that, so there, there, that would start everybody down the path of starting their own firm this year and pitting each other, pitting these great characters again each, against each other this year. So it really came from that episode. And was the side effect of sort of having Alicia and Will's relationship blown up sort of a side effect of that, or was it part of the decision? No, it was key to it because one of the things we were running into was these love triangles become a little bit of a monkey on your back. They're, um, they're fun and they get uh, a lot of emotions to rise to the surface. But then at a certain point, you do feel like you're, you're in danger of repeating yourself. And also there's a, there is a soapy aspect. You kind of can't get away from it. Just kind of clings to it. It's, It's really fun and it's really great for some sexual attraction. And obviously Jules and Josh Charles have great chemistry, but we felt like one of those things to do was blow up that relationship. So you could see the opposite side of this physical attraction and love and see the opposite side, which is closer to hate. So the real reason for Alicia to get out from under Josh Charles' character, Will, is because she's afraid she's going to cheat again, that she's going to be pulled into this relationship because they kissed in the same episode, Red Team, Blue Team, and that she worried open this Pandora box of physical attraction. So the only way out of it was to kind of get out from the constant contact with them at work. Um, well, it's interesting because the bridge has definitely been burned between Alicia and Will. But <laughs> yeah, um, her relationship so. her relationship with Peter is still kind of nebulous. You know, you see them have a bit of a quickie in the bathroom um, during one of the earlier episodes of the season. Um, do you get the idea that Alicia wants to rebuild this um, relationship or is she sort because of happy to have Peter... Is- she is very ambivalent, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle and I kind of go back and forth on this, but um, she is very ambivalent because, in many ways, you can't wipe away that betrayal, that the one that started the series. Um, so there's always that, and there's there's the unfortunate that they have sort of political interests in common. They both benefit each other. Peter 
because without Alicia, he doesn't seem so JFK-esque. Mm-hmm. And Alicia, because Peter's, um, you know, governorship actually gives her a, a kind of a leg up. Um, it gives her more clout. So it's a very odd relationship in that Alicia, who's a very sexual being, we don't undercut a female, a, a, a woman's need for sex, uses him in many ways for quickies. And there is still the physical attraction there, but you also, this seems to be a relationship that's still a little bit limping. And is that something that we're going to see some um, build throughout the season or, or is it oh, going to yeah. continue? Oh, absolutely. Great. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, the, the one thing that this, you know, the love triangle, we're talking about blowing it up. But one thing that's fascinating to us is how a marriage or if a marriage can survive, a, you know, a betrayal that now, you know, if this is real time, which we're trying to make it be, is now four and a half years old. Sure. But in many ways, you know, how fresh is it? You can't just say, yes, maybe he hasn't slept with anybody else since, but, you know, what am I committing to? Um, so anyway, yes, it's, it's plays out through the rest of the year. You're listening to the TV Editor's Hour on Entertainment Weekly Radio. I am here with Robert King, um, who's the executive producer of The Good Wife. Um, well, also, the tension we see between Melissa George, who plays Marilyn, and Peter is pretty palpable as well. And is that going to be continued to be explored through the season? Yes. I mean, we, we were surprised <laughs> that Melissa George turned out to be pregnant. Uh, in real life. So we're using that, but uh, hopefully not to its detriment. Um, Melissa George serves several functions within the plot, so it's never just one thing. But um, yes, the chemistry there helps us because it creates this tension. Am I way, way too much of a conspiracy theorist to uh, think that for a moment I thought that Melissa George's character Marilyn may be pregnant with Peter's baby? <laughs> yeah, we, I think that one will leave as a no comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of relationships, a lot of fans were pushing for Kalinda and Carrie, who um, the two actors have great um, chemistry between them as well. But that relationship seems to have been the victim of this civil war um, that's going on. Are we going to see more for of them? For the moment. I would say for the moment, because obviously we observed how much chemistry Matt Zucri and Archie Punjabi have together. And that is something that we want to keep alive. But you're going to see that it's it's got a real big monkey wrench in it with this uh, civil war. Sure. And, that, and again, that's something we're going to see unfold through um, the next two thirds of the season. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, what's good, I mean, I think cable, the strength of so much cable TV has allowed people to define stories as 13 episodes or even eight episodes. But in fact, because it's 22 episodes, you know, we're just kind of getting started. (laughs) Which is great. We're now only eight episodes in. This next Sunday will be nine episodes. You're not even halfway through. So there's just a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of plot coming um, and hopefully fun. Uh, we uh, we hope people don't think it's anticlimactic after this division between the two firms because we're having a lot of fun writing this new world. Well, so much of what you did was impressive in terms of you know building the ten- like building the tension, and then I think the episode um, hitting the fan has been widely, really widely praised as your best, and understandably so because you just let the air out of the balloon, and um, it was it was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, uh, it, well, you're right about the tension. We were worried that we would be 
were, the, the audience would not stay with us if it was as late as episode five. <laughs> but there seemed to be so much fun to be had where you're in a firm as Alicia was, and you're kind of plotting to leave the firm in that chaos, that craziness of feeling you're betraying people that you really like. What is one plot that was has been left on the cutting room fo- floor from the first four and a half seasons that um, just is never going to see the light of day because the show has moved on from it? Well, I can't say that it won't see the light of day because we do bring things back. But I would say that there's a Eli uh, erased a voice message from Will to Alicia. Yes. And I would say that, um, you know, you usually, let's just say that goes the way of the Russian assassin in uh, Sopranos. You know, it's it's some, one of those hanging chads, as we call them in the writer's room, that actually feels maybe a little more like life because you don't return to it. But, I, you know, it's it's what's lovely about this show is um, we thought we were done, for example, with Carrie Preston's character, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Tessioni, after the first year. But then it was like, oh, wait, she's perfect to be brought in the third year because Alicia's in trouble and needs help from an outside lawyer. And then, obviously, because we brought her back, that just kicked off a whole new run of having fun with Carrie Preston. Blah, blah. So anyway, I would say that uh, nothing really gets dropped. I know people would rather not see the return of Kalinda's husband or the <laughs> facts revolving that, but that's another one we've dropped. Well, that actually brings up a, uh, something I did want to ask you about. Is, um, you know, you've experienced both sides of fan mania, as you point out, with Kalinda's husband being sort of the negative, and then this year um, having such accolades. Um, when the fans are telling you a plot line doesn't work, um, uh, do you listen? And, and if so, how long does it take you to course correct? Uh, it's it's probably easier than cable because we're writing them. We're only usually three or four episodes ahead. Why that proved problematic in the fourth year is we had started earlier than usual. So we were, once people were seeing the episodes with them in it, we were already editing like the eighth and ninth episode. Mm-hmm. But what we did was course correct it. Uh, almost immediately. And when I say course correct it, we do listen to fans. It's not all on the internet. It's, uh, you know, usually it's our families who say, oh, you really screwed up there. <laughs> or uh, we have writers, like they had a friend at a coffee shop who walked up and said, uh, my my wife hates what you're doing. With oh. Would you stop it? Oh, and no. Because he was having so much trouble at home. So it was like, you hear it. And also, you know, look, I we're not artists who sit in some ivy tower saying, oh, you know, oh, no, they have to suffer through because that's my artistic obsession. It's, you know, it's partly about enjoying. We have a lot of things we do because they're the spine of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a lot of things we try, you know, and if you if you don't listen to the audience, you're kind of you're in this airy little sphere. And luckily, with network, we have the ability to listen to the audience. And also you kind of listen to the audience because you're, you're teasing them. You're, you're wanting to create kind of a whodunit for the year and you're seeing where they're thinking it's going so you can plot the other way. So it's not all negative as it was with Kalina's husband. It's also positive. And having said that, can we say the, uh, the acting in that was great. The, the problem was purely Michelle's and mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we went down a route and tried something that we felt bad about. And one of the reasons I think we wanted to kick ass this year is to make up for some of the missteps at early fourth year. I think we ended fourth year in a good fourth season in a good way, but I think we stumbled at the beginning of the fourth season. You're listening to the TV Editor's Hour on Entertainment Weekly Radio. I am here with Robert King, who's the executive producer of The Good Wife, and we are talking about all the juicy plots that are going on this season. Who is your favorite character to write for? Oh... 
I, I, you know, Ju- uh, Alicia is really good. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll say this. Different people at different times. Alicia, when she's finding out how cunning she can be, mm-hmm. is a hell of a lot of fun. Otherwise, I would say Will is probably closest to my heart because I understand the pragmatic needs he fills. And then, like, Christine sometimes, I mean, Diane sometimes is exactly uh, what what we, I think, started with Diane was an idealistic kind of liberal. Mm-hmm. And then the more we worked into it, when she found her strength and was kind of like, no, you do this. you do. When she's in commando mode, there's no one more fun to write for. So I would say that. And of the guest stars, obviously, Elizabeth Tassioni, although that one's hard because she has to be smarter than we are. <laughs> yeah. We're not that smart. <laughs> so to paraphrase David Mamet, we think of what a smarter person would do and then write that. Um, um, I imagine David Lee looks like he'd be fun to write for, too. Oh, my gosh. Just because yeah. he's, li- he's a little you're bitch. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> David Lee is the W.C. Fields here. He's um, And, yeah, I mean, he's always the one who can throw something in from the, you know, the, the from the wings and, and always get a laugh. So, yes, definitely. And it's always the comedy that is most fun to write. The, the, the procedural-ish aspects of it are kind of sometimes very hard to glue into place. Um, but that's it. How far of this season do you have mapped out? Um, or far, how far? I take that back. How far of the show do you have mapped out um, in your brain? Well, can we say this? We we have the whole series mapped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what it is, it's kind of like if you had a map and you were playing across the country from L.A. to New York. And you say, well, you know, I'm enjoying Colorado so much. Let's stay there longer. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not having so much fun in this city. Let's zip through it. I think that's what you'll find is we have general themes where we know what we're moving from and what we're moving towards. And actually, we have plot specifics. We know what we're moving from and towards. But suddenly, you want to be surprised by some town that you see on the way and go, I think I'm going to spend a week in this cute little town. Let's spend some time there. So I do think that is probably the best. You have a map, but you get creative with the map. So season five is taking place all in Denver, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Which is great. Very much so, yeah. Um, uh, so take a look at the scenery. It's pretty good, but then we're going to move on. Um, so you've got two huge episodes coming up. Um, why don't you tease us a little bit about this Sunday's episode, which stars both um, co-stars both Jason, um, Jason O'Mara as a new lawyer at Lockhart Gardner and Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, yeah. Well, let's start with uh, Jason O'Mara. We had worked with him on a failed show we did. It was the only other TV show we've done called Injustice. And he was, A, such a really great guy. And B, we didn't even feel we served him well in that series. And we feel a lot of series haven't used him well because they've used him in a kind of Steve McQueen cool and calm way. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there's a tendency, the way TV does heroes, to flatten out because they're so worried about heroes having faults. So we really want to play into a wild side of him that I'd only seen in a guest appearance he did on The Closer uh, when he played kind of a pyromaniac, which is he gets really wild-eyed and fun. And we decide to play into his Irishness because I think some actors, I don't know, if, and Jason's not necessarily, but a lot of actors who have to flatten out their voice it doesn't create the best performance. You want to dive right into who they really are. Sure. So Jason Amar comes on um, in a story where he's basically a mob lawyer looking for a home. And Will, because of the loss of so many litigators at Lockhart Gardner, obviously the Floric August people who have left, needs someone who can come in and carry tons of cases. So he 
it's basically what he brings in is Will's own id, um, and that's Jason Lamar. Jeffrey Tambor is it was we had so much fun at the beginning of the year, and then we did a second episode with him. We um, we wanted to bring him in and kind of carry on a story, which is he really seems to like Alicia. Yes, and he how does. That plays out. Um, there's a real you know how much when a judge feels affection toward you towards you how much does a judge put his thumb on the scales of justice is the question there um and that they're uh, both in episode 9 and then uh we're continuing with um Jeffrey Tambor later but Jason Amar will be in ep- the next episode too and where there are a lot of tensions because he brought in the firm with Kalinda, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Diane, clearly, uh, David Lee and Howard kind of go back and forth on him. But now that we separated the firms, you saw that we brought in Clark Hayden. That's um, Nathan Lane, character yes. at Florica Agos. But now there needs to be a few more people or at least one at uh, Lockhart Gardner. So how long do you have Jason O'Mara for? We have him, I believe, for six or seven episodes. Oh, terrific. Uh, yeah. And then. Fantastic. And by the way. He's fantastic. Uh, oh, he's great. <laughs> I had the privilege of seeing I the think. Sundays. It's terrific. Um, I highly, highly recommend. And then a week from Sunday, you're going to be celebrating your 100th episode. Can you talk to us a little bit about, um, tease that for us? Yes. Um, it's, it's a pretty packed episode. It's really a carnival of a lot of things because we wanted to tell a lot of stories. But the real key, it's called the decision tree, is this battle that gets very personal between Will and Alicia. They're on opposite sides of a case. It's a case that involves the memory of John Noble's character, Matthew Ashbaugh, who was this, like, um, uh, software pioneer who has a lot of money but was very eccentric. Um, and uh, it put pits Will against Alicia, and the difficulty there is what something I said before, which is they know each other so well. They know each other's strategy, but because the issues of the case are personal, they can use the memories of each other in court. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's pretty exciting because it does some new stuff for us, which is a kind of a montage of memories mixed with how they're used in court. Oh, that's very, very cool. And maybe is there a secondary is there a secondary plot line from the episode you can tease as well uh it's uh there yes i mean it's basically we don't necessarily do uh, holiday episodes but um this one comes in december and it's our last one before christmas um so locker garner's try, i mean florida Argos is trying to get a lot more clients by having a holiday party <laughs> which then alicia's asked to invite her husband because if the governor came it would increase the number of rsvps <laughs> but if, obviously she's got a lot of clients eli is worried about having been seen he doesn't want him seen with uh peter such as um uh sweeney you know um who is not a good person because he kills a lot of women <laughs> so uh, it's a difficulty a governor has when his wife is a defense attorney and and has a lot of un, unsavory clients so um there are other stories in there but involving jason omar's battle with uh kalinda uh i mean with archie um and that fuels a lot of the middle of the show and how uh, Damien, that's Jason Omar's character, gets around that. That's terrific. And I will say to everyone, um, you, everyone needs to watch out for um, a number one mom pin um, in this coming Sunday's episode. That is just um, terrific and very, very well played. So look for the pin. Um, Robert, thank you so much for taking the no, time to talk you. to us. I really oh, appreciate yeah. it.